0: into the oh me, to this. It's Wednesday the 2nd of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, look, I know you took your little trip to Wollongong and, and a very good morning or a big hello to Bobby Lee, of course, turned 72. You had your daughter in tow. They were, her and a friend were going to some basketball trials and I never actually got to the bottom of how it all went. They went for the Catholic girls uh, basketball trials. They missed out, unfortunately, um,
1: mm. which is which is not a bad thing. It's, sometimes it's good to to experience a little bit of, uh, i not suppose not failure, but a little bit of missing out. And um, they they now know what they need to work on. But there were some talented girls there. There, were, I think six girls from the uh, Wagga area, the Riverina. They're all about six foot tall, um, and we all know the Riverina breeds very, very good sports people, and um, yeah, it was a really, really good experience for, for both of them, and uh, I'm sure they'll come out of it better.
0: Oh, absolutely, and, I, and you know, when you look at young sports people who've got ability particularly at the age that you're talking about. Some go to six foot early, others go to six foot mm. later. So you've just got to keep in and keep going at it because uh, that's how success is made. And a guy that became very successful, arguably Australia's greatest cricket captain of the modern era, Mark Taylor. I loved his comments about Warney possibly <laughs> going over there to coach England. We're going to talk a little bit of Steve Smith, a bit of Daniel Mavidev and Newcastle Knights. Uh, it was really funny when I heard Mark Taylor's response to Shane Warne possibly being the English cricket coach and it almost mirrored what you said yesterday.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, Tubby obviously knows Warne really well and played a lot with him and um, he's dead right. I think yeah, Warne's just sort of making headlines as, as usual um, and he sort of said, you know, at the end of a, a, a commentary season or a cricket season, Mark Taylor said, he likes to go fishing. Where Warney's probably want to want to go off and play a bit a bit of cards, and uh, yeah, and not, not get involved with the the year round commitment to be a an international coach. Uh, you're you're home you're away from home a lot
0: lot, lot of the time, and um, yeah, I don't think Warney would, would do it for that reason alone. Oh, particularly when, um, like you told that story about where he may have hidden one of his uh, bungers when he went on those <laughs> yeah. camps with John Buchanan and how he responded to the discipline. I, wonder, I just wonder how he'd keep them all in check, how you'd keep curfews in place and oh my goodness. It's, uh, it's not great when a coach gets, gets home later than the players. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, um, Steve Smith, uh, he appears to be in a good space. And uh, there's been a close watch on him, hasn't there, because of the concussions. Obviously, we've seen Will Pakovsky, who it's became a real chronic problem for him. But Steve Smith also, um, his fourth concussion. But the the very strong word out of Pakistan is that he's in good shape. Well, they're saying
1: that, but I I don't believe it. Um, Steve Smith has always been one of the hardest trainers uh, that I've ever seen uh, in person. Uh, He hits more balls than anyone, both um, at practice and he even hits balls in his his, um, hotel room. He's coming off, as you said, a concussion. Uh, He was suffering vertigo only a week ago. Um, This test match starts in two days' time, Tim, and he hasn't faced any fast bowlers yet. So... It's not the ideal preparation that uh, Steve Smith would normally have. He's about to go into one of the hardest conditions that you'll probably ever bat in um, in Pakistan. Yeah, I I don't see this as great preparation for him, particularly for someone who has so many movements prior to hitting the ball. He really needs to hit thousands and thousands of balls to get himself match fit and – I'm not sure he's going to be quite ready for this first test.
0: This is going to be such a contrast to what happened in the Ashes. Mm. This is going to be such a challenge for the entire Australia cricket team because it brings so many other factors into play. I mean, you don't often see death threats, but um, yeah. we saw that with uh, Ashton Agar. Yeah, it becomes real when that sort of
1: stuff happens, even though they believe it's from a fake account out of India. Um, We all know Mm. that India and Pakistan, they've they've had issues for many years, and they don't really like each other. But uh, when your partner partner, gets a death threat and says that your husband, if he tours Pakistan, he won't return home, and uh, you'll return home without a father, um, is a pretty serious uh, threat. And um, it just makes it a little bit more real, this sort of tour for the guys,
0: when you hear stuff like that. Yeah, they're raw places to travel to, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, now, the Australian women's team, uh, look, they've got this great mix of, of older and younger players, but they've they've wobbled a bit, haven't they? they? They weren't completely convincing in some of the matches that we saw here, and um, they're struggling slightly against the Kiwis.
1: Yeah, they're just, just trying to get their balance right, and I think, um, I think you're right to me. They do have a really nice balance of old and new, but uh, look, Australia put on 322 in this trial match versus New Zealand. New Zealand... Uh, chase those runs down easily. Uh, It was Sophie Devine who scored 161 not out for New Zealand off 117 balls. Mm. Uh, But they did it with 41 balls to spare so plenty of time left too as well. So they're scoring ones quickly so Australia needs to work out how they're
0: going to um, stop the flow of runs uh, particularly if someone gets in against them. Yeah, she's such a talented batsman. We saw her in the WBBL Devine. Absolutely Mm. outstanding. Now, I think I was a bit quick to judge on Daniel Medvedev. I'd like to retract me... uh, all my comments around the Australian Open because I bagged him and said I didn't like him, but he's come out and called for peace. And um, he's a Russian and he's done that against Putin, obviously. So that's pretty risky business, but it echoes the thoughts of most of the universe or most of the world. So Daniel Medvedev, uh, look, I take my hat off to you for that. He's also ended an 18 year big four domination to become tennis world's number one. It's happening at a very interesting time. Yeah, very
1: interesting time for him personally. Uh, as you said, an 18-year um, hold over the by, by the big four, that being uh, Djokovic, Federer, and Dahl and, and Andy Murray. Um, but he becomes the third Russian ever to be a world number one tennis player uh, behind uh, Kalvnikov and, and Mar- Marit Safin. So, yeah, a really big effort for him. He said he's very, very happy. It's always been a goal of his to reach number one but it comes with
0: mixed emotions due to Russia invading the Ukraine. Mm, Goodness gracious. Yeah, we saw Mm. uh, young Rublev uh, uh, do something quite similar. So it's brave when you think of uh, what kind of lunatic we're talking about. All right, we will continue to talk sport, NRL, AFL, and much more soon. Nick Natanui, look, West Coast uh, written off by former player and others because of injury and everyone's saying it's going to be too hard for them. But Nick Natanui, he's saying, well, go on, write us off, see what happens. I just love the name Nick Natanui.
1: <laughs> it's good, <laughs> isn't it? I love
0: saying it. It's good Especially when you get it out,
1: right? That's right. <laughs> um, look, I don't agree with him. I'm going to be one of those uh, detractors from the, the West Coast. I think they're going to have a, a horrible year just due to injury um, and playing staff being down. Um, but he's the ruckman, so he's obviously got to try and, He's the main centre of attention. It all starts with him in the middle of the ground. So uh, he's obviously trying to rally the troops there. But I think West Coast are going to have a really, really tough year. And particularly in a in a, in a state like uh, Western Australia, where they are so parochial, uh, and most most people support West Coast over there, and the other half probably support Fremantle. Um, when they don't
0: win, they actually give it to them. So it's going to be a very, very tough year for the West Coast boys. It is interesting, though, isn't it, when someone writes you off or says you can't do something. Yeah. I don't know what you were like in your sporting career, but I know what any semblance of success I've ever had in my life. And there were plenty of people that knocked me back or said, you're not good enough. You do this, you do that. You do that. It, it, it spurred me on or pushed me forward to do things. Um, were you like that in your career? Yeah,
1: very much so. Uh, I remember I was 12th man in the game for New South Wales over in Western Australia and we, we lost in two days. We returned home to find in the Australian newspaper all our heads on tombstones and it said, rest in peace, New South Wales cricket. So that was a real kick in the guts and uh, and we ended up winning the, the double that year. Um, so that, that gave us inspiration. We won the Sheffield Shield and the one-day domestic comp as well. So um, yeah, sometimes that negative press
0: can can spur you on. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Now, AFL fans, they're not happy about the, the ticket situation. Now, they've been starved, haven't they? There's no sport quite no. like AFL when you look at a sport that is uh, patronised in this country with fans galore at huge games, 100-odd thousand at the Anzac Day. And they Some of them can't get tickets. Well,
1: I feel for for, for the, the, particularly the people of Melbourne here, they've been a basically a two-year lockdown. They love nothing more than getting out to watch their own team play footy. There's a huge membership base in Melbourne and people supporting their teams and being paying these membership dollars. They get on the Ticketmaster and then they can't get their tickets. It was delayed by two hours when they're supposed to go on sale and then their member barcodes wouldn't work. So they're really, really frustrated. All they want to do is get out the footy with their mates or family support their team, put their scarf on and have a pie and a beer and, and yell, <laughs> yell some profanity. So, you know, ticket master, get it right. Come on. People oh, yeah. want to go and watch the footy.
0: Well, I can see why they're a little bit pissed off. Now, look, you and I are both larrikins, we both like having a bit of fun, but um, I saw some images of uh, Lions player, Mitch Robinson uh, risking his health in the Queensland floods. And, Boy, oh boy. I mean, the, the amount of times that this reminder is either read, said, or written about do not get involved, do not get close to floodwaters. Some people haven't even had the opportunity to not get involved because they've been inundated. Mm. But those that go and look for it just makes no sense. Yeah, the uh, the Brisbane Lions player, you said Mitch Robinson, he was
1: overlaid, him diving in, he had his speedos on and... And uh, swimming goggles, and he's pretending to be Michael Phelps uh, with commentary overlay of him diving in the brown floodwaters and, and swimming. And, uh, yeah, not the brightest thing to do because you know, not only is people getting swept away and drowning, um, yeah, you can get really, really crook from swimming in that water.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Newcastle Knights, I think they're going to have a tough season. I really do. I know they've got Andrew Johns now as a special coach, but unfortunately he can't play. He's got to rely on the blokes out there. Mm. A lot of pressure on Kalen Ponga. Huge pressure on him, and
1: look, two decent buys with Dane Gagai um, and Adam Clune. But it's it's the inexperienced halves, uh, Jake Clifford and Adam Clune, that are really going to put pressure on Ponga. Um, Newcastle have some ability to score with with Ponga, Bradman, Best, and and Gagai out wide, but it's only if they get the ball, isn't it, Timmy? Really, but uh, I think they're going to have a tough year as well.
0: Yeah, it, some parts of their game and their team, they're really strong. You look at the safeties and you look like young Bradman best and Gagai's an origin player, but and Ponger, of course, but there's holes in lots of other places. I, I really feel for what this their season's going to be, they they need to rebuild, obviously. Uh a big news at the Roosters, of course, one of the competition favourites. They have their launch this week. Trent Robinson has extended his deal. Um, this will take him at the club. 16 years and it'll take him right into that realm if he's not already there of one of the great coaches yep the Roosters
1: are a very very smart club uh, where most uh, coaches around in the NRL are looking for year to year for their contracts to see if they're going to be actually coaching the following year Uh, they've just signed him on a five year deal it's a monster deal for, for Trent Robertson he's a fantastic coach um And, uh, you know, some of of the comments from the club, uh, Nick Pilates, the the chairman, saying every player that's come to Roosters in the last sort of five years uh, under Trent uh, have left better players and better people. Um, And that's the sort of club they are. So uh, very, very good signing. Um, by the Roosters with Trent Robertson.
0: Yeah, he's a good guy too, Trent. He really is. Uh, yeah, such a hard worker, such a clever guy. Um, now, what about this name, Jay Morant in the NBA? What a player. What a player. So a highlight, if you haven't seen this, uh, a
1: rebound from his teammate, throws the basketball from... One end of the court to the other end. Jay Morant runs, catches the ball midair off to the side and in the same motion throws the ball almost from behind the baseline at his end and, and hits the basket. It's one of the great baskets. It'll have to be the basket of the year, I think, and uh, this guy has serious talent just to do that, that'll have the ability to not only catch it while running, jumping midair and in the wrong direction, but to throw it and, and get the
0: basket as well. Is a really, really good basketball. I almost did my ACL watching that. It was (laughs) was phenomenal. Now, uh, talking uh, from the file of inspiration, how good was it to see Mick Fanning out there helping um, during the flood? Uh, We've seen it once in a a thousand years. I think it's been labelled by someone floods. And and as we mentioned yesterday, our hearts are out to all those people affected by it. But to see Mick Fanning in there helping, it uh, would have lifted the spirits of many. Oh, big time. It's just the Australian spirit,
1: isn't it? It's good to see Mick out there in his tinny just going around and doing what he can to to help people out. The the, the emergency services are overwhelmed as as we know and uh and people are chipping in everywhere, not just Mick Fanning, but a lot mm. of just, you know, mums and dads or or people, just local heroes going around to help their neighbourhoods. So it's a really, really good you know, out of this adversity comes some really, really good uh, stories of, of, of human spirit, and uh,
0: this is definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Mick Fanning out there helping people. Now, finally, Shane, I've always said it's only a rort if you're not involved, and free food is always something that I'm looking for if possible. <laughs> Tell us about your story of some
1: free Indian food. Well, when I was first in the Australian career team in 1996, there was a, a local Indian restaurant owner called Kailash who would um, – Every time I went to his Indian restaurant, would give me free food. He would not let me pay. And mm. then I started to take a couple of mates along and then a table of four. And then <laughs> Mom, <Dan. laughs> Yeah. And all of a sudden, he would still not let me pay ever. I got to a point where I was at the restaurant one time with all, all 12 Bosman cricket mates. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, we've got to give this guy some money. But he wouldn't let us pay once again. And then on a Sunday night when I was hungover once, I rang the restaurant and asked if they could do some home delivery. And at the time, this is before Uber Eats. Um, they said we don't do home delivery um, to Cremorne, and I said it's Shane Lee. They said we will be doing it for you, <laughs> and then the guy showed up, and I was sort of caught in this lie. So oh, I'm really sorry. I would have come up to got it, but I'm my car's broken down. I lied to him. And he says, take my car. You take my- Please take my car. I, said, I don't want your car. I just want, I just want your chicken tikka masala. That's all, mate. <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we did rot the system there, but um, very, very good food too by oh.
0: <laughs> the Indian, the Indian uh, restaurant in uh, Neutral Bay. Oh, I think I know the guy. I'm starting to think of that real plump, nice chicken tikka with a, a bit of a <laughs> lather of the, the white yogurt and, oh, goodness gracious, are oh, you taking me down to Mary? Mary, you're Mer- getting hungry. Take my car. that's it for afternoon sport today make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen big thank you to our sponsors shane
1: yeah fantastic sponsors in main hair care it's manemainhaircare.com
0: and our wonderful producer dan McHugh. we are back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport we'll see you then guys take care